podcast. Hopefully, this is take four <laughs> for the introduction. Um, thank you for listening, folks. Uh, this is going to be the first episode of Amateur's Note, presented by Matinee Edition for the first couple. And I would love to introduce my lovely girlfriend, Kate Peterson. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you've been listening to Madden Edition for a minute, but oh, we need to get the chairs out of the way. Don't. Chairs. There we go. Okay, we blew up the mic the yeah, first time. Yeah, we, we, we overloaded the microphone the first time. Um, if you've been listening to Madden Edition for a while, you'll have noticed that I bring up Kate quite frequently because we watch everything together and a lot of her interests have fed into mine and a lot of my interests, she either... Loves or hates. If it's Fast and Furious, she hates it. We have some of the same opinions and some very differing opinions. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, but that's good. Yes. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. I um, always think it is interesting, the conversations that we have while we are just like sort of hanging out. And why not record it? It's hopefully this will be a fun spinoff of Matinee Edition. And uh, hopefully we can crank them out. So I thought this first, we thought this first episode would be be nice to just sort of introduce ourselves, mostly Kate, because hopefully you guys know me. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you've been paying some attention while listening to Madden Edition. Somebody's watching this saying, "Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> Who is it? He's recording on a different microphone. <laughs> you don't recognize the voice." So, um, babe, I guess in terms of entertainment. Mm-hmm. What is like a defining franchise? I know this, but I think it's important that you bring it up. The listeners might, honestly, if they're listening to Madden Edition. Well, she who must not be named J.K. Rowling Ugh. wrote <laughs> in, what was it, 1990-something, the Harry Potter series. Yes. And that was very influential in my life but i can it goes without saying fuck jk she sucks um but still harry potter holds a very special place in my heart yeah and i made you watch all of the movies i really enjoyed them you did not like the first one it was boring but after the first one but the first one is the most nostalgic i mean to a layman like myself a layman (laughs) Yeah, I could call myself a layman to Harry Potter, right? Okay, well, not not anymore. I feel like I've, I've, I've indoctrinated you. Yeah, I enjoyed the Fantastic You took Beast the films. quiz. You purchased the Hufflepuff scarf. You bought that Before everything with JK, we don't like to give yeah. her our money anymore. Until Hogwarts Legacy comes out, then we're going to buy that game and donate to charity. <laughs> <laughs> More pieces of shit. I, what can I say? Anyway. <laughs> I think... Um, no, you totally got me into that. But yeah. you've... Like... <laughs> some of the most fun back and forths we've had in recent history were about my relative neutrality to the Fantastic Beasts franchise and you somewhat loathing them. I have a lot of issues <laughs> with... The way that they handled things, just because I feel like it's a big corporation who is going for a cash grab. Yes. But you feel more... I don't know. I'm the more general fan, you know? You're it... you're more like, well, they're creating something and yeah. it's fun. So what's the harm? <laughs> yeah. And then you verbally slap me across the face. Uh. <laughs> You're like, this isn't fun. This is disrespectful to my childhood. We had a, a very intense argument about... I talked about it on that day. You did? Yeah, when we when we watched... Me and Jared watched that trailer. And he shared a lot more with you than he did with me. At least idea-wise. I thought it was very interesting. About what? What did he say? But, now, this is just a recap of another Matinee Edition episode. Though, but no, but. no. Uh, I was like, I really think like Harry Potter, the films themselves, they have a lot of heart to them. They have, uh, they're very enjoyable. I really enjoyed watching them. But I like how Fantastic Beast is like pushing the visualization of a lot of like the spells and stuff. Okay, yes. And this is what we yes. argued about. Exactly. And Jared just went on about fucking hating uh, Jude Law and... 
Okay, well, I don't hate Jude Law. No, but so. then also thinking that it's sort of like agreeing with you to a point that it is sort of selling out on a fr- on a beloved franchise because you know it'll make money. Yes, and that's that's the allure. Once again, Jared is like a classic Harry Potter fan as well. Yes, like yourself. I completely come from a different perspective. That isn't what we were going to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Free flow. What about Nah? We'll leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, how about what? So, book, movies, Harry Potter. In recent years, mm-hmm. what were some movies or books or anything? Games. I taught games on matinee edition. Anything that's that you've really enjoyed? Well, I did not. This is sort of a flip flop. I did not grow up playing games. That that was something of your childhood. Yes. Um, we had a Wii. <laughs> but we, I, the only games on it were Wii Sports and my, An absolute classic. my brother had some like first person shooter game that I would watch him play and he wouldn't let me touch. Um, so like brother right there. <laughs> sounds like Victoria. <laughs> sounds like Victoria would say. So I've gotten into gaming more since I've been dating you. Yes. Um, and what was the first game that I played all the way? Stardew Valley. It? Was or was it Ori? No, I think it was Stardew. I think Star- Stardew Valley like got you into it. Ori was the first like narrative based game that you really played. Mm. Okay. Either way, both are phenomenal. Yeah. So like the start of the pandemic, we had just moved in together. Yep. And so I had access to Lucas's Xbox. Yep. Um. And so I played Stardew because a friend of mine actually recommended it to me, Sophie. And you really wanted to play Animal Crossing, but we didn't yes, have a Switch at the time. I really wanted to play Animal Crossing, but we didn't have a Switch, and it was expensive, and they were like sold out everywhere. Yeah. Um. But this was in that like cozy game. Yeah. Sort of realm. A lot of people that like Animal Crossing, they're cut. They're cut from the same cloth. Right? Except Stardew is way more intense. Talk about a non-relaxing game. That game is a farm simulator, which you think would be relaxing, but it is not. Yeah. It is very stressful. Um, but it sucks you in. You recommended it actually to one of your customers and she's been absolutely ruined. She's by in it. a rabbit hole. <laughs> I've, um, yeah, maybe I'll tell her that we shout her out. Giselle, you're great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that you're into Stardew. Um, no, yeah, you got sucked into it though. It was a great time sink for a period of time where there was literally nothing else to do. Yeah. It was great. It was great. And then you ended up playing it as well. Yes. Which, and that's another thing. That is not a genre of games that I really participate in much, mm-hmm. but it was great. You did. I I think you played sort of a nerfed version, though, because you didn't have... Look at this. She's using gaming terminology. I'm so proud. Is that a game term? Yeah, nerfed. <laughs> okay. Well, because I had played it first, and you had watched me play a lot of it. Yeah. And part of Stardew is there isn't a lot of guidance. Yeah. So I sort of went into it, and well, this is an important thing. The most rewarding part of Stardew Valley, to me, were all like the relationships with the villagers. If you haven't mm. played, then you wouldn't know. But there's like really elaborately written and elaborately set up like relationships that you can build by like gifting people specific things or doing things with them. Mm-hmm. And it was it it's really well done. And I think like getting getting in there and like befriending all these other people in like different orders than you did was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, it's almost like a choose your own adventure sort yeah, of definitely. thing. In theory, you can do everything, but it's like so free flowing that it lets you do whatever you like. Which I didn't think I would like because I'm a very narrative driven person. Yeah. Um, but there is there is like a story Somewhat. in Stardew. I don't know. There's think- a story with each of the characters, which makes it the most interesting but i think by the end of the game you sort of have like written your own to a point yeah i mean like you could keep playing that game endlessly endlessly but it starts once you like there are diminishing returns i stopped playing it because the story sort of you got you got to the threshold that it's like you did everything you could well no i like there was within reason (laughs) within reason within reason um and now there's an expansion so there's even more to do but and the haunted chocolatiers on the way yes yeah so Excited for that. Um, what about Ori? The Blind Forest. Okay, Ori was 
a completely different experience because it's a plat platformer, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a platformer. Um, it's like a technical platformer, and that is a it's a very narrative driven yeah. story. And so I played the first Ori game, which I loved. I think we both cried at yes, the end did. of it because we I, I watched her play through most of it. Yeah, number one, music's phenomenal. Oh, great music! Complete, and there's no voice acting except for like this like. In a, otherwise, there's something in like a different language that just sort of yeah. reads some lines, but mostly yeah. there isn't voice acting. And it told a really good story. And, and then, this extends the Will of the Wisps. Yeah, well. and the the story <laughs> kept going with the second one, and the second one oh. I sobbed. Oh, it's such a great ending, though. So Let's be real. watch out if you play Ori. But or... I think those are great, right? No, it, it it's. Fantastic. Fantastic. Enough so that, like, you were a relatively non-gamer. And Ori's a very difficult game to get. Mm-hmm. Just in, like, the, all the mechanics. And I would still recommend it to people who aren't, like, gamer gamers, you know? Yeah, there are parts of it where it's definitely frustrating. Yeah. To, like, especially as a non-gamer, I, like, didn't understand the yeah. game mechanics of it. But... You eventually get it. I get it. And, you know... Don't be afraid to watch guides on YouTube. Yes. Which is what I did. I don't know. And then, uh, so we've, this is, our, this is something that I think separates us a bit more. Mm. We have very different tastes in TV at times. Like, there's a lot of crossover, like everything. But, like, you couldn't sit through Breaking Bad. No, I couldn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't. And I'm still disappointed. I and got far though. I don't remember exactly how far, but I you got like you got like three seasons in, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Breaking Bad is my favorite show ever. It's mm-hmm. a fucking masterclass in storytelling, in my opinion. Yes. And I, yeah, I don't know. As an example of something that I couldn't sit through, Outlander. Okay, I completely understand why you can't <laughs> sit through Outlander. It's. It's a very female audience centered thing. Yeah. So I I can understand. Yeah. But I I remember when Breaking Bad was like all the big thing and my dad and my brother watched it. It yeah. was serial, right? Like it would come out episode by episode. Yeah, episode by episode. It wasn't a, it was like pre big streaming. Yeah, so I, I remember... I think it ended in 2013, 2014. Oh, wow. So yeah. It's been that long. I know. Um, so I remember when Breaking Bad was like a huge thing. Yeah. And my dad and my brother watched it. And this, I couldn't watch Breaking Bad not because the story wasn't like intriguing to me. Yeah. But it was just so depressing. It, was, it can get very upsetting. So I have nothing against Breaking Bad. Yes. It just like... I'm, I'm an empath, <laughs> um, um, and it hurts my soul. <laughs> I think. I think. Okay. Another TV show question. Yeah. So okay, well, TV shows. You were you got me into like Daredevil and stuff and Stranger Things. Daredevil? No, you watched uh, that before I me. I got way more into. That's it what we bonded over. When yes, we first started it. dating. I got more into Daredevil because we started dating. Um, and like all the all the other shows in the Netflix verse. And mm-hmm. but then you also got me into Stranger Things. And it's something yes. that we love and we mean Jared talk about of all the time. My life. I think but so we, we cross over in that. We talked me and Jared have talked about this at length what? on Matinee Edition. Your thoughts on Agents of Shield. Okay. <laughs> so, Lucas and I bonded over the Netflix shows. Yes. And so we had this like connection with Marvel, and I'd watched all the Netflix shows. We and... progressively watched all the movies as well. Yes. This is before everything. It was when that was expected to all be in the same canon. Yes. And it was before like Jessica Jones season two. It was. I think at that point. Yeah, I think it was like Luke Cage had come out. Yeah. Because Iron Fist came out afterwards. And we watched Daredevil season three together. Yes. Um, Did we watch season two together? Anyway. I think, and then I think you fell off of the Netflix shows before I did. I think the last thing I watched was The Punisher season two. 
Yeah, I didn't watch that at all. The Punisher is fucking sick. I that was a that was a great talk series. about something that just hurt my soul a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's very sad. The Punisher, um, but I had never watched Agents of Shield. Yes, and so you were like, "Well, you have to watch it because it's like part of the but canon." I also <laughs> genuinely thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> And so we started watching season one, and I remember you prefaced it with, we should watch it, I might skip through some of it. Yeah, some of the early episodes, where it's just very Monster of the Week heavy. Yeah. Before the, the really, like, serialized narrative picks up. Mm-hmm. I, which, in hindsight, I do slightly regret, because there are just, like, fun interactions but between I don't the know, if you hadn't skipped, I don't know if I... But that's the only that's would the have thing. held on exactly. I think that that was actually that shows Achilles' heel is that the cool serialized narrative didn't pick up soon enough. Mm-hmm. So like it was canceled, and then Disney saved it. Oh really? Yeah, twice. It was canceled after season one, and then after season two, and then I think by season five it was the most watched show on network TV. That's crazy to me. Yeah. I know it's crazy. So, but it like a lot of people fell off early on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and both times Disney was like, "Nah, this shit's good." <laughs> <laughs> so you fuckers should watch. No, I I enjoyed Agents of Shield, but yeah, that first season was a bit I don't know, yeah, rough and tumble. And then it just kept going and going and going. It was one of those. Things like like Supernatural is a really good example. Oh, that is a good example. And you know I love Supernatural. Yes. You never finished it. I never finished it, but it Supernatural holds a very deep place in my heart just because, I don't know, it was like my comfort show when yeah. I was going through a hard time. Totally fair. Um, But it's like a monster of the week type show. Yeah. Usually there's like, you know, with a, there's an overarching story, obviously. Yeah. But it just keeps going, and like the main characters die like several <laughs> times, but then they find a way to come back. Yeah, and it sort of got that way with Agents of Shield, especially with Coulson. The later, the later seasons that started happening a bit too much. I do think with Agents of Shield, the highs are so high though. Yes, and like the lows, I'm like, what the fuck is this, guys? And my favorite characters were not i i didn't really care about daisy i didn't like her yeah i cared about colson her her daisy stuff was very front-loaded in the series yes like by season four she's a complete character yeah but they still but then they still keep going back to her because she has so much history on the show yeah in the later seasons they're still like propping her up as this you know like a like a hero which she is but she sucks. But I think by by the <laughs> end by the end you realize like oh the heart and soul of the show is Coulson and Fitz and Simmons. Yeah, Fitz and, and, and Simmons. The writers and May. realize that as well. May. And May and Mac and Mac <laughs> and Yo Yo. <laughs> Everybody except Daisy. <laughs> I think I think and actually it was great when you, they brought on Yo Yo as like uh, full timer on the cast. I think it was season five. Mm-hmm. She was a great addition, but. No, I feel like uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. peaked in like season four and five for me. All the Ghost Rider shit was awesome. Yeah. I still think Gabriel Luna should come back in the MCU proper to yeah, be and a then Ghost Rider. They totally, it dropped off with him and I wanted that to I keep I wanted to going. see more. I wanted him to come back in the last season. They were doing so much fun stuff. And like Wasn't the, there a talk about there being a Ghost Rider show? Yes. It was supposed to be a Hulu show. It got axed. Yeah, so I think that yeah. was part of it's why... It's, like, one of the few projects that, like, fell through with Marvel. Like, mm-hmm. actually, this is something me and Jared talk about all the time in Matinee Edition. DC announces so much shit. Mm-hmm. And they, like, just cancel half of it. <laughs> it's, like, they throw out, like, yeah, we're gonna do a... Like, there was, a, um, there was like, The Deep, which were, like, this... Uh, they were from Aquaman. Mm-hmm. You, you watch, yeah, you watched Aquaman. Yeah. The, the like, weird, like, fish people that, like, attacked them in the middle of the night. I don't remember, but sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> there, it's a small scene, and it was, like, a very, like, a weirdly horror-centric moment. And they said they were gonna do a horror movie with, like, this thing. And later they were like, oh, it's gonna be a Black Manta movie. You know Black Manta? The, the dude with the helmet in Aquaman? Like, the lasers? No? 
God damn it. I watched that movie on a plane <laughs> when I was either coming back or going to New Zealand. Fair enough. And I don't remember a lot of it. But whatever. So it's like, oh, Black Manta's a big Aquaman villain. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it's gonna, it was going to be a Black Manta movie, but we canceled it. And like they've canceled half of the projects they've announced at this point. Ben Affleck's Batman was going to have... Matt Reeves is going to direct a Batman solo movie with Ben Affleck that then evolved into the Batman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, whatever. Marvel's rarely done that. Which I think is smarter. It is. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it, like you set that expectation. I think it's like really just that Ghost Rider show and there was going to be an Inhumans movie. Yes, I remember that. With Vin Diesel as Black Bolt. Vin Diesel. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Black Bolt can't talk. Have you ever listened to Vin Diesel's... Actual voice? No, his oh. music. Yes. I think me and Jared did a few years ago. He's a musician. Uh, it's terrible. It's a fucking <laughs> atrocity. I think... No, no, but Black Bolt is a... Uh, he's an inhuman that's voice is so loud that he can't talk. That's okay. his power. Okay. So it's like they were going to... He was going to keep voicing Groot. But then he was going to be in another role that was just like his physical presence. Which could work. He's got a physical, you know, that's good. He's a physical presence. He can emote worth something. I know that from Fast and Furious. Mm -hmm. But no, where where is the conversation? This is supposed to be introducing like stuff that you like and me sort of asking about This is also not talking about... um, we talked about games for way too long. We're supposed to be talking about like stories. So, I mean, that counts, but yeah, I mean, it's this. Like I said, this is sort of an introductions episode. And something to note about Lucas and my dynamic is he knows way more about Marvel than I do. And just like I feel like a lot of franchises in general, like a lot of like modern film franchises, I'm really well because I didn't. About. You read comics, yes. I, the only comics that I was reading was Archie comics. But that said, I do think it's worth noting, you have a very interesting input on, like, story structure. I, like, listeners definitely, I may have mentioned this on my NA edition, but to reiterate, Kate is an English major. Was. I'm graduated now, huh? Was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you, yeah, you were an English major, you've graduated. Mm-hmm. You want to write a book, that is your goal in the future. Yes. And... Wait, you, you have to specify that my degree is in fiction writing. I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm a bad boyfriend. <laughs> um, no, no, but you're, um, it's like, that's your goal. You always have like a diff, like your takes are slight, slightly different than mine. Because mm-hmm. like, I understand a lot of like the overarching lore or sort of like the history of some characters. But then you usually have good thoughts about like the general structure of a story. Yes. As an example, I was able to totally geek out about about Shang Chi, mm-hmm. and really enjoy the action sequences, and even getting into that ridiculous fucking third act. <laughs> <laughs> and and you like you said it fell apart for you by then. Just as an example. Yes, I. Not enough to make it bad. No, like you can still enjoy something. This is something with writing is there are technically like rules and things that you shouldn't shouldn't do yeah but those aren't like black and white like yeah. if something works it works even if it's not like technically a good thing to do yeah but as someone who has been critiquing you know like story structure and especially it's literally what you studied <laughs> yeah and like we would do workshops of people's stories and be like this is what's not working in your story yeah. you need a side character yeah. because of this reason you know yeah so shang chi i thought was like a bit messy yeah especially because they like introduced the whole mystical element and really i really late in the film i was so thrown off <laughs> i was very confused it's like and i think and then there was a whole other world that they like traveled to. Sorry, I'm yelling. But I was like, what is happening? But, you know, that's... It was entertaining. It was entertaining. Yeah. I mean, no harm, no harm done. But it's like, I do think... And this is something that I noticed in that movie and that you pointed out to me. That you also noticed after after the like all the, the big sequence in... Um, in like the on like the skyscraper where there's all the scaffolding fight mm-hmm. they get captured it's like the pace of the movie just dies 
It was yeah. very upbeat, very quick. But then you hit that point and you just have like 45 minutes of exposition. Yeah. With like a very brief car chase. Well, and I think they fell off with the sister. I think they're saving her though. Also, okay, appara- but you also apparently she's getting a Disney Plus show. Okay, but this is... See, we literally were just talking about <laughs> Marvel having a TV show and then planning to do something that broke off. Yeah. And then it didn't work out. Like, you have to make the first piece stand alone. I guess that's fair. So... This is this is, this is is why we're doing the podcast. <laughs> this is it. No, but maybe we'll talk more about Shang-Chi at some point. But oh, I, okay. I'll save my thoughts then. Yes. I think we're, we're, we don't want to burn through everything on episode one. I think so, but I did have something that we took note of that we did have like, we had nominal thoughts and we could like dive into it, sort of just see where the conversation takes us. Hmm. Turning Red, the new Pixar film. Yes. This is usually something, on Matinee Edition, I'll watch like whatever the most recent Disney animation is and I'll talk about it. Usually Jared doesn't watch them until a lot later. We'll watch them together. I thought that this would be perfect for us to sort of like give a pseudo review thoughts on it you know mm-hmm. and i don't know general idea like how, how how do you enjoy it i really liked it i wasn't expecting much i'll be honest me too um from the trailer i was a bit like what is happening um yeah and i also had the thought of one of the criticisms of disney and pixar is when they have uh, characters of color yeah. that they turned them into animals. Which they did again. <laughs> which they did again. And so I was a bit off-put. Yeah, at least initially. Initially. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think that it it did a lot more work in exploring culture yeah. and celebrating that more than yeah. turning Tiana into a frog, like that sort of thing. <laughs> um, oh my god, yeah, that's the most egregious. <laughs> um, but, and, then, and then keeping her as a waitress in the end. Does she stay as yeah. a waitress? Yeah. At the end, she's like, I was happy with who I was. The Princess and the Frog is a fucking terrible movie. Oh. I don't know, it's been a while. But, turning red. Turning back red. To, back to turning I mean, red. it's Disney, it still applies. Um... I think I, I was surprised by how fast paced it was. It moved. In and the I, beginning, it was going like. Which actually, I've seen a lot of reviews um, from people saying that that's a detractor, that they were expecting it to be a bit more slow paced. I personally really enjoyed it. No, I liked it, but this is the thing where it. It, I think, skirts the line of. Is Pixar catering to an adult audience yeah. or a child audience? Yeah. Because actually, I don't know. Like maybe a children would appreciate a faster paced movie. I think so to a point. I think it. I think it's a it's a give or take. You know. But I feel like that specifically with Turning Red, the part that was more adult is like when she's having those nightmares. Oh yeah, there's some like horror vibes. There's like a nightmare sequence where a lot she of jump scare is thinking about the red pandas and it's scary yeah like if i was a kid watching that movie i'd be terrified yeah also i don't think that the theme would necessarily be caught on to by but even as a kid it's like i don't you're not really watching it for the theme you're watching it for the dancing red panda true i think which is very cute yes i think that turning red in my opinion succeeds for the most part, at being like, at like hitting the Pixar balance in a way that I don't think, like as a recent example, Soul did. Mm, like yeah. Soul was too heavy. That's an adult. movie. That is an adult movie in a good way. I really enjoyed it, but I think kids would be either freaked out or unable to understand it. Yeah. Um, I think Luca as another recent example, it it hits the balance of it pretty well. Uh, as well but it all i think it leans a bit more into the kitty stuff that's a really approachable family film Mm -hmm. i think turning red skirts the line really well but i think that's see you could say that's the point exactly because part of what the movie is about is growing up exactly and i think it's a very effective coming of age story yeah i think um and how it brings generational trauma into the mix is also very effective Mm -hmm. 
and um, the panda sort of being a representation. We thought it was about periods initially. Okay, well, no, just because the, there's this sequence where she has become the panda and yes. she's freaking out and her mom doesn't know yet. Yeah. And her mom thinks that she got her period and that's why she's like hiding in yeah. the bathroom and stuff. And I was like, well, it's called turning red. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think it was funny. It was a good bit. But I think that's part of, I don't know. Yeah, know. no, it's definitely part of it. And I think, um, you know, I actually saw a reviewer point out the fact that, like, this is, like, like actually periods, such an essential part of life for young women, mm-hmm. is never fucking talked about anything. No. Like, at least overtly, like in, like in Turning Red. Yeah. They really get into it. It's fucking awesome. Great. Um, but I think, um, overall the film, like it used the panda as like a really good device for like how, like developing your own personality. And when you get into like the mom and you're able to see like her past and all that and sort of get hints of it through the film with whether that's her relationship with the grandmother Mm -hmm. or the mom's relationship with, um, May, Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was a really effective tool to like the panda Mm -hmm. and I won't outright spoil it but i really enjoyed the movie yeah i think an apt comparison though because of how it brings in general trauma uh or generational trauma is Encanto. yeah i think they're gonna be compared oh they already are (laughs) i mean it's like that's that's an interesting thing because they do tread a lot of similar ground it was like two sides of disney watch the bow like well, isn't the director... But the, well, the director of Turning Red is the bow. Yeah. Is the bow director. That incredible short from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I think, what was that movie in front... What was that in front of? Oh, I remember we watched it in theaters. I don't know. Um, it was a Pixar... Yeah, it was a Pixar movie. I think Incredibles 2. No, was it... Um, Inside Out? I think it was Inside no, Out. No, because I didn't watch Inside Out in theaters. And I remember I watched that in theaters, and when she ate the bow bun, like the entire theater audibly gasped. Hmm. <laughs> but it, I it think would make s- it would make sense in, in front of Inside Out anyway. Yeah, I think, but um, that was uh, yeah. It's like somebody watched, like obviously the director of that short went on to direct Turning Red, and it's like somebody watched that, and then the raccoon short that was in front of Luca, mm-hmm. and then uh, or not not in front of Luca, in front of um, Encanto. Mm-hmm. And then uh, was like two different sides of Disney, the Pixar side, the Disney animation side. We're like, generational trauma is interesting. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I think, but like both of them did it well and explored like a different angle of it to a point. I think they're different enough. To stand alone. But I mean, anything that Disney, they're going to be compared even if they weren't both about generational trauma but i think it's especially apt considering how closely they released yeah i think um i mean that said Encanto has become a fucking well then you have to ask the question which one did you like more oh it's difficult to say i really love the animation style of turning red yeah i thought like the hints it took from anime were really fun Mm -hmm. and um the sometimes like slight i also like the upbeat pace was really fun yeah and i didn't realize that it was going to be taking place in 2002. Yeah, stylistically interesting. So it's very, it like calls back to our childhood. That's yeah. why it's, again, made for older people in Some, a way. Something that a kid wouldn't even catch, probably. No. But they had like a boy band in there. Yeah, very in sync. Oh my God, Arlo just yawned and is struggling to oh keep gosh. his head up. He looks weird. Arlo, this is continuing the trend. Oh, good stretch, but. Um, <laughs> Continue the trend of old heart radio hosts getting distracted by their pets. He's pretty cute. At least Arlo's not humping shit all the time like Bowie. Oh, it's Bowie fine. no. Bowie no. We Bowie bring his no. blanket in so he can get his rock on while we're recording. <laughs> I think he, uh, this is why we need some more female influence. Exactly. <laughs> Too many men. You hear that, Arlo? As we say to our male cat. I think, um, no, but... Uh, I've mentioned this to you. Musicals don't really do much for me, usually. I didn't realize Encanto was a musical when we went to the ghost. I knew it was. I did not know. <laughs> and the songs weren't bad. It's definitely some of the better Disney music. I mean, you, I thought you really liked the music. I I did. I mean, like, we don't talk about Bruno. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, I was about to sing it, but we don't have the rights for that. Yeah, we don't want to get copyright struck. <laughs> um, 
but I think the but I think like the the the, the songs serve the narrative well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Most of them were forgettable, as per usual with Disney Disney musicals. Again, in my opinion, so I, I, it's difficult to say that that's a detractor. But I think like I might have enjoyed it slightly more than Turning Red. Okay. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on why. But I think, I, I, I don't know. I definitely think the ending of Turning Red is a lot better than the ending of Encanto. Let's not divulge the specifics of Turning Red. But I think I agree. I think that I liked Encanto a little bit more. But do you agree with me about the ending? Yeah. We're yeah. far enough removed from Encanto that we can I think Okay, I think that Turning Red was more of a complete story. Yes. But, I don't know, Encanto was... Like the concept and the magical realism. Yeah. And this is why we bring Kate on to say stuff like magical realism. <laughs> well, actually, I don't even know. Maybe it's just straight up fantasy. But magical realism as a genre is really big in uh, Latina, Latino culture. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's that was one of the most fun parts about that for, for me watching I it. I cannot. I'm not of that descent. So I can't Swedish. speak, I can't speak oh, yeah. to it. <laughs> um, Kate Peterson, the rest is sweet. Shut up. <laughs> I think there's a very famous author who is Latina, and I cannot remember her name, but she writes magical realism. Okay. Um, well, I think, I'll have to look it up. Well, but. I think with Encanto, I can see that genre fitting though, yeah. because it's very grounded. Besides these, like very like otherwise, other than the family, just a bunch of normal people. The aesthetic yeah. isn't too the aesthetic isn't too fantastical either. Yeah. So it's it just is sort of grounded in Colombian culture for yeah. the most part. Um, now I think I enjoy it slightly more, but like at the end of Encanto, the like everyone gets their powers back, and I was like, I like I'm emoting as if I'm flipping the table right now. I was like, boo! They all need to deal with it. They all need to deal with their problems because it was all about how like the family needs to come together. And the powers are putting too much pressure on the sip on the children, mm-hmm. and the one the one girl that doesn't have any Mirabelle, mm-hmm. the one girl who doesn't have any powers, is like holding the family together, and she finally gets her place to like make a difference when the family like when the house falls apart. Mm-hmm. She helps everyone to rebuild it, and I was like, son of a bitch! They gave everyone the powers back. Okay, but I saw somebody interpret it as. Okay, so it's about generational trauma. Yes. And each person's, like, powers represent some aspect of being in a traumatic household or whatever. Yes. Like, Peppa, the aunt, is super volatile. She has, like, the weather ability. And then Louisa is carrying everything. She's the strong one. No, no, no. no, no, Yeah, Louisa's the strong one. Sorry. So she's, like, you know, she has a whole song about, you know, being burdened with everybody's shit. Worst song. Yeah, I didn't like that song. I think that's like the second most popular one. Fuck that. The one with uh, Mirabelle and the pre-sister is better than that. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, and then Isabella is like the perfectionist. She's got to be perfect for everybody. Yeah. But inside she's like crumbling, you know. Yeah. Um, And Mirabelle, she doesn't have any powers because she's the one who's going to break the cycle of abuse. Yes, I've seen that as well. So... I think that it makes sense that they would get their powers back because... Is it they have, like, a different, like, outlook on it now? No, because they can't really be changed. Like, she can can only... Like, she's the only one who's going to change, really. Yeah. No, I didn't like Louisa's song, but I thought her bits were some of the most funny in the movie. Just throwing that out there. Credit words, credit words too. <laughs> no, but I, I really enjoyed it. Turning Red touches on some of the similar points. Definitely worth watching. Um, that's the opposite of what you're supposed to do while recording a podcast, by the way. Yeah. Do a long um. Uh, <laughs> so I guess this is a good first episode. Uh, in general, what we're aiming for with this is we want to talk about stuff we like, talk about some stuff we don't like. The original concept is that we're going to, and we'll probably still do this. Yeah. We're going to, in theory, rewrite Eternals. And I was thinking maybe The King's Man. 
There's gonna be well, two fun we want to talk. I want to talk about movies that I don't like. Yes, and I think, but I think that those are specifically interesting films that have like a lot of people watch them. A lot of people are relatively critical of them. So well, like, like what we like to do is, this is talk this is about good. movies, and if I see a problem in it. We will try and brainstorm how we would fix it or what we would do differently. Like imagine we literally walk out of movies, get in the car, and sometimes we're like, this could have been done better. <laughs> <laughs> not, but this is why the show is called Amateur's Note. Because yes. we are not experts. We don't know what we're talking about. But this but is just our we have, opinion. <laughs> whether it's through osmosis or through literal study, <laughs> we, do, we can say that we know a bit. Yeah. So an amateur. I think, um, so yeah, look forward to that at some point. I want to close it out, though, with like talking about some stuff that we've been enjoying lately. So, like, we're currently watching Superstore. How do you feel about that? We just finished Parks and Rec. We enjoy our, like, situational sitcom-type shows, you know? Yeah. Multi-camera sitcoms. So, I, and how do you feel about Superstore? Like, Parks and Rec was phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's a little bit hard since we're coming right off of Parks and Rec. Yeah. And Parks and Rec was so good. Yeah. Um, I think that Superstore is good. It's not as funny. It isn't. It, I, I really like it. I worked at a Safeway for a minute. Yeah, so you relate <laughs> hard. Yeah, I think... So I can appreciate a lot of it. It does the thing that like the office in Parks and Rec does really well. Where like, you know ev- like one of everybody. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're like, oh yeah, I worked with exactly that person. Yeah. So you say that every episode. Yeah. There's like somebody that you're like, I know that guy. I know, I know that fucker. <laughs> like there's, it's, yeah. The only person I don't know is Jonah, which makes me think that I was Jonah. <gasps> I think you are Jonah. Oh, son of a bitch. No one likes Babe, him. Babe, <laughs> you're Jonah. Uh, no. Okay, the gist with Jonah is... He's like he's the guy, he's the high and mighty guy. Not really high and mighty, but... He's the fish out of water, the the guy with like opportunity, surrounded by people there, like career, like departments. Yeah, that are so like Jonah is like college educated. The you know. the first episode is Jonah starting to work at this store, so he's like sort of the main focus of the show. But there's he's not really the main a main characters. character. But he's sort of pretentious. Yeah, and a bit, he's a, a business more, school like dropout. Yeah, he's a bit more. Uh, of like a he's a bit more knowledgeable slash like worldly than a lot of the rest of the cast but that's what he thinks that's what he thinks and he fucking wears it on his sleeves god damn it I am but it's so he it's a really interesting character because he's kind of hateable because he's he's so annoying but you also like care about him you don't it's he's the dude that you don't dislike but can be slightly annoying yes so yeah I think uh, fuck uh, <laughs> I think, <laughs> God damn it, you know, um, but otherwise, uh, <laughs> Superstore is fun. I'd recommend anyone to listen to that. Maybe we do an episode on it once we finish it. But if we, if anything comes to the forefront, um, you are currently reading a book that is a bit smutty. Shut up. <laughs> Can you please tell the dear listeners about okay, it? Okay, well, I need to set the scene first and explain that. Kate's sci-fi fantasy book. It's really hard when you're reading a very high fantasy book that is also a romance. And somebody asks you, what are you reading? <laughs> and this is what my therapist did to me. <laughs> I think I I think like I try to not listen to your therapy sessions. I do I'm, them online in the same home as Yes. Kate does it in the other room and they're just sometimes some noise will slip through. Like I was cooking dinner and I think I heard this question. Yes. And you were like, uh. <laughs> yeah. So she asked me what I'm reading and I, I like tell her because the book is called the series. I think it's called Crescent City is the series, but the first book at least is called yeah. Crescent City. And I'm now reading the second book. Yes. And she asked me what I was reading and I was like, oh, it's this book called Crescent City. It's a fantasy. It's about like, you know, there's fae or like elves or whatever and angels and werewolves and people. There's like all the flavors (laughs) of magical beings in it. But then also there's a bit of sci-fi in it? It, Yeah. So, okay. 
<laughs> it takes place in a fantasy world, but it's also like modern. You've likened it to the Wolf Among Us a few times. Yeah, so like there's it's like as if the fantasy like the medieval fantasy aesthetic like continued and like we end up getting to present day sort of yeah Yeah. so there's like magic like the city is oh it's like um oh what was the uh pixar movie sorry i didn't mean to i didn't mean to interrupt you babe what was the onward onward yeah it's yeah it's sort of like onward yeah so like there's a magical force that's like you, that they use as electricity in the city and there's like guns but there's also people with magical powers and yeah. it, it's an inter- I've never read a book in that setting before um, but you're telling me before you record it it gets a bit sexy yeah so it's a romance <laughs> and it get it's an adult this like author her name's Sarah J Mass she has written like young adult novels before but yeah. this one is adult for mm. a reason Oh, because it's a bit sexy are we talking like Twilight or Fifty Shades of Grey? I never read Twilight. Oh, okay. Are we talking Game of Thrones? Never read Game of Thrones. Shit. Um, it's not Fifty Shades. It's not like to that degree. Especially the first book. The first book, the most saucy it gets is like, there may or may not be a fingering scene. Oh, Jesus Christ. In text? In text, I feel yes. like that'd be so it was awkward to read. But in the second book, there's too much. You were telling me you don't like it. Well, okay. The story's good, but just too much. I am not a hater of romance novels. Yeah. I think that romance has a place. And anyone who says that, like, romance isn't real literature or whatever can go fuck themselves. There's there's value in it. There is value. And I think that romance is great. It's great. And it sells a lot of fucking books. So, yeah. Um, there, there is an audience. Sex sells. It does. <laughs> but... The story is, uh, this is going to sound so pretentious, speaking of pretentious people, but the story is really interesting, and I just want to get to that part. <laughs> no, no, that's fair. That's fair. Like, you, it's like you could sort of just, like, trim the fat a bit, you know? Yeah, and so this book is, like, really focusing on, like, the two main characters. They, like, you know, finally get together. Yeah. And so they're just, like, fucking... <laughs> So wait, okay, this is important for like, uh, I think that you mentioned a while back that this is already getting adapted into a series. Is it this series or no, was it a different one you were no. reading? Well, shit, that's awkward. No. But do you think it would, do you think it would? Like, no. like a Netflix? No. Really? Because babe, when I tell you these books are thick, you know what they look like. Yeah, I've seen them. It's, yes, but it's thick. Big. And it's, I, I don't, the, it will never be adapted for this. Just screen. too much? It's too much. That's yeah, fair. It's very similar in the way of like how dense the world is to Game of Thrones. That's interesting. Which, I mean, obviously that's a bad example because they did adapt that to the screen. But it took a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a bit like, I don't think, speaking of romance not being taken seriously, sorry. Um... I don't think it'll ever be made into anything because it's like a romancy. It's like a girly book. No, fair enough. Whereas like Game of Thrones, you know, it was written by a man. It was written for the male gaze. Oh, this, yeah. Where yeah, this yeah, yeah. book is written by a woman for the female gaze. Hey, hopefully, hopefully we can be proved wrong though. Who knows? Maybe. But anyway, I highly, it's a very good book. Yeah. It's a very good book and it's dense and it's complicated and it's very high fantasy to the point of like, I had to reread a summary, which I've never really had to do before. I had to reread a summary of the first book to get into the second one. What was the name one more time for this one? Oh gosh. I don't know if the name of the series is different, but I know that the first book is called Crescent City. Okay. That's a good, that's a starting place. By Sarah J. Mass. M-A-A-S. One more thing. A game that I've been excited to like watch you play just dropped today. Tunic. Which we we really got into Breath of the Wild for a minute and Legend of Zelda through, oh, through yeah. COVID. Speaking of more games that I played. Yes. Oh, those are fantastic. Once we got a Switch, we immediately played Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like very old school Zelda. It's on Game Pass. It's adorable. I think we watched it's the trailers so for it. It's so little fox. Little fox. It's got a little sword. Little sword shield. It's like old school Zelda top down like scroller game. 
just dropped. It's on Game Pass. It's getting great reviews. And okay, I'm, but an I have Sable that's on there. Which I was complaining about more games. Sable is a game that takes place in like a desert world. Yeah. And the music is by a artist that you really like. Yeah, uh, Japanese Breakfast. And I started. Play- I've only played like the first. I don't know, like ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but I was enjoying it. I mean, I haven't picked it up. It's very. But... It's very like uh, the aesthetic sort of Star Warsy. Yeah. Yeah. Mixed with maybe a bit of like anime to it. So, but and that got phenomenal reviews as well. So we'll talk about that probably. Should we just? Do you have any? Do you want to? Do you want to plug the the book account, the book Instagram? I have not touched that in forever. Well, I mean, why not? Uh, Bookshop Kitty. That's Kate's. Oh my gosh, you remembered what it was called. Yeah. I literally haven't posted on there in months. Well, we fucking post on it. You're hosting a podcast now. The um, the people will come. The people will come. Um. <laughs> See, now I have a cat. I can monetize our cat. Yeah. We'll exploit the child. <laughs> I think I do have a TikTok. Ooh, follow um, Arlo the Cato on TikTok. I make TikToks of our cat. He's been out cold this whole time. This is very out of character for him. I think... No, so Arlo the Cato on TikTok. Uh, Bookshop Kitty on Instagram. I will bully Kate into posting on it. <laughs> um, myself, you can follow me at casserole, C-A-S-S-O-L-R-O-L-L. Make sure to follow Old Heart Radio on Instagram, Old Heart and Space on Twitter, and uh, the YouTube channel. Please subscribe and go and check out the other podcasts. Hopefully, this sees the light of day because I felt like this went pretty well. <laughs> Love you, Jared. Big fan. Yeah, thank you, Jared. The thank Overlord. You. Over <laughs> Mister Old Heart. <laughs> he's uh, he's, he's the, like a long gray beard. He's the he's the Iron Fist above us. <laughs> Jared, please release the show. I don't know. Maybe this one should not be released. I think it's been good. <laughs> we'll leave this all in. Okay. Um, do we have an outro? Bum, ba, da, <laughs> not the John Cena theme. <laughs> we'll get copy struck. Shit. <laughs> um, the John Cena theme. I don't know. That's the first thing that came into my head. Uh, I don't know. Keep, keep watching. Amateur's <laughs> notes. <laughs> We're going to call it.